This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. How's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. <laughs> Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. <laughs> They've so got sad. stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed okay. and cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Hmm. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. <laughs> My name is Howie Mandel, and I uh, feel, and then in brackets it says, however you feel about being Conan O'Brien's Oh, friend. trust me. No, I could say acid reflux with a little bit of- You know what's incredible? We haven't even been able to get this interview started. Well, because you got a whole script. It says, I'm supposed to say however I feel. Let's try it. Just try it. Just please- uh, I feel people. fantastic about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Are we friends? I think we are. Hey there, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I am um, joined today by my trusty companions, Sona Mosesian. Sona. Conan. Nice to see you. And uh, of course, filling in for uh, Matt Gorley, mm -hmm. who is on maternity leave, uh, is uh, Sona's assistant. <laughs> it's absurd every time I say it. Uh, David Hopping. How are you, David? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, today is going to be a little interesting because um, uh, it is my wife's birthday today. Oh. And, uh, well, you know this. I uh, did. You, and, and so, but nice, I don't know why you pretended not I to I don't know. either. I you're, know. I think I just- You're always like, very oh, honest. You're, that nice? Your strength is that you're always yourself and always honest. And yeah. you just did this big fake- Oh, <laughs> no, I don't know uh, why I did that. Right. So um, you're going to learn a little something about me, which is uh, I, I have I have some abilities and skills. There are things I'm good at. And then there are things I'm terrible at. OK, I'm terrible at wrapping presents. Yeah. Awful at it. And when I wrap a present, it really does look awful. <laughs> And I try, and I try to like measure out the edges and do it, but I, I can't do it. And I realized my wife's a stickler. She was one of two kids. She just has one sister. 
in a very small family. And so all the presents were wrapped. Like even the presents from, quote, Santa are wrapped on oh. Christmas Day. My parents were both really busy and they had six kids. They were all born several hours apart. <laughs> it was a madhouse. And so nothing was ever wrapped. Literally, it was just like, here's your present. And they chuck something at you. And it was just in however you bought it at the five and dime. That's how it was. That was it. You know, there was no wrapping. There was no time for that oh, bullshit. Wait, so nothing it was in was the wrapped. bag that it was, it came oh, in. Oh, my brother Neil would just go to the store and he'd buy, you know, he'd basically go to the whatever Leechmere, which was the, the outlet in the Boston area. And he'd get you whatever gift it was. It was in the plastic bag and he'd whip it at you. (laughs) And and the thing would spill out. And there was no wrapping. And, you know, it was, oh, wow, that's great. Look at that. Uh, You know, uh, half a Rubik's Cube. Um, (laughs) So uh, anyway, I, Sona, I, I came today. Fortunately, a couple of the gifts that I got my wife are wrapped already. But I got her this book. And this is going to come out after her birthday. So I can say it, but it's a, you know. She and I both love David Sedaris, so it's David Sedaris's new book. This is not an ad or anything. It's just I bought her um, his diaries, uh, which is cool. It just came out, uh, Carnival of Snackery. And I was like, oh, oh, my wife will love this. I'm going to get this for her, but it's not wrapped. And I know that she's a stickler in my house. There'd be no wrapping. So I'll be like, oh, here's your book. Uh, and just chuck <laughs> I was it. Oh, I it. And this is a hard cover. So this would catch me by on the jaw, you know, and my brother oh. Luke would have whipped it at me. Uh, but it needs to be wrapped. And so Sona, I asked you yeah. to bring wrapping paper. And Sona's a really good mm-hmm. gift wrapper. She's the best. She's You're so good at it. Yeah. I don't know why you're so good at it, but you are. It's the paper. What? It's the wrapping paper. What do you mean? I mean, you have to get the right wrapping paper. If you get shit wrapping paper, then it sucks. Okay. Uh, but just more than that, you actually, so oh, I was yeah. going to ask you, can you wrap this for me right now? You brought the wrapping paper. Yeah, of can, course I can. Can you do this right now? Oh, yeah. And yeah. I also- be, I, And be doing it. I've got the scissors. I want to ask you- And I want you, you to wrap this for me. And now you all know that, yeah, I did get my wife a book. I got her a couple of, I got her something that I think she's going to really like. And then I get her, you know, little things, you know, little things here and there. And this is a book. It's like butter. What's that? Do you get the right paper? You yeah, you nice. go through it like butter. Okay. It's honestly the best feeling in the world. Okay. All right. And I'm well, a, I'm a mom now, yeah. and I still think that's the best. But are you gonna do that? World. Are you gonna wrap every gift for your children? Of course, I'm not gonna chuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, nothing was wrapped. I've never I never saw a wrapped gift until I left home. And 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 went out in in the world, and then people started handing me gifts that were covered in paper, and I didn't understand because we grew up like animals. Yeah. I'm sorry, we really did. Yeah, you did. And uh, my wife will gift wrap like a cookie, and it's not even an occasion. <laughs> you know what I mean? At, at meals, you just like I'll say like, hey, I'd like some ice for my drink, and there's like a <laughs> gift wrap cube of ice that she's put together. She's constantly gift wrapping. Every single thing. This is a little awkward because I'm on the table doing this. And yeah, that's usually, all right. Me all right. Stuff. No, I'm good. I have another question for you because I know you did a lot of hand-me-downs. When people went sh- shopping for gifts for you, did they just go into their closet? <laughs> oh, no. Well, okay. Famously, uh, I say famously, but in our house it was famous. My father would <laughs> 
my father, we would give him gifts. He'd be like, oh, that's so nice. But he's very particular about if he would use the gift or not. And often he'd be like, oh, that's very nice. And then he'd take it upstairs and he'd put it in his study and then quite possibly not use it. And then it would hang around his study all these presents that he never used and he wouldn't even take them out of the box. Like they weren't wrapped, but we could see them. Uh-huh. And so my brother Luke once waited a couple of Christmases and noticed that my father had never used the clock radio that Luke got him three years earlier. And then it was still in the original packaging in my father's study over in the corner with a bunch of other gifts that he had never even bothered to use. And so my brother Luke took it out and gave it to him again three Christmases later. And my father went, well, this is fantastic. Did he, no- he didn't notice? He didn't notice. Oh my God. My father didn't notice. And he's like, isn't this fantastic? Oh, and look, it has AM and FM. Well, look at that. Isn't that wonderful? And then it went right back upstairs and went back into the study and wasn't used. Did you ever call him out? You don't call my father out on anything, David. I've never had an emotionally honest conversation with my father in my life. I love my dad. I want him to know that. And this is, and the only way he'll ever know is because I'm saying it now on this podcast and maybe someone will repeat it to him. That's how Irish Catholic we are. But uh, I can't believe you are, you are, you are, I just called you Nev, my daughter's name. Oh, because you, I think of you as a very immature child. Um, Anywho, uh, you, um, that's beautiful. You did that just while we were here babbling. Yeah. Uh, and I was having a major breakthrough about my dad. <laughs> a breakthrough? Were you really having a breakthrough? Uh-huh. Come on. Well, I mean, the thing about him, you know, we could never get the gift that he. That's pretty funny. I'd like though. one time, I'd like him to have said, like, oh, I like this, and then you actually use it. But that never happened. No. It's too particular, too particular and finicky about exactly what he wanted. But anyway. Um, Why didn't you just ask him what he wanted? Because I'm afraid what he might have told me. What was he going to tell you? A better son? Oh, no. Exactly. A son that didn't disappoint. Uh. (laughs) Wow. That was, you know what? That was funny slash true. I don't know why I put the Sergio Leone, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly yeah. soundtrack at the end of that. But, um, well, there you have it. Sona just beautifully wrapped this gift for my wife. Uh, and um, by the time you hear this, she will have unwrapped it and said, clearly Sona wrapped this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for doing that, Sona. You're welcome. Yeah. And uh, David, thank you for watching. And... <laughs> Adding really nothing to the process as far as no. I can tell. Are you a good rapper? No. Okay. Not at all. All right. Well, Sona tried to teach me several times at the office. It never, it never worked. I guess you need me for something. I actually so. do. We found out what it is you do. Oh. Okay. On that positive, upbeat note. Positive. My guest today is a comedian, actor, and judge on the NBC series America's Got Talent. He also has a podcast, Howie Mandel Does Stuff, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, He's a good man. Howie Mandel, welcome, sir. Are we friends? I think we are. 
I think we are. What and makes I, you think we are? Well, okay, I'm going to tell you why. Because I think we have certain things in common. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but don't we? Don't you have things in common with like millions and millions of people? I mean, we can all we could check a lot of. Buttons. Oh no, no, I think I'm on un- breakfast. You okay, know? well that's wearing socks. Well, I'm not wearing socks. Are oh, you not wearing? And socks. I didn't have breakfast. You are wearing socks. You're lying. No, no, that's not that's not socks. I had uh, my feet tattooed. Uh, to look like socks so that I would never have to wear socks. My daughter, I talked her out of in college, uh, putting a tattoo of a camel on her toe. Oh, God. You told your daughter to do that? No, I talked her out of it. Oh, you talked her out? I thought you said you talked her into it, and I thought, you monster. No, why would I? Because you're a monster. No, I'm a father. So I talked her into it. I said, I get the joke. I really, I get it. Camel toe. But how funny is that going to be like in 30 years, every fucking day, (laughs) to look down at your little joke on your foot? You know what I said? Uh, We have a writer uh, who worked on our show for many years, very, very talented guy. And he just kept getting more and more tattoos and more and more tattoos. And there's sort of, you know, uh, cartoon characters and all this. And he kept adding to it. And finally, I just looked at him in the writer's room one day and said, all you're doing is entertaining the coroner. Like you're going to be on a, we're all going to be on a slab one day and the guy's going to pull the sheet off and he's just going to be go, Oh, look, Oh, there it is. Oh, cool. Okay. Oh, and look at this one right here. That's all you're doing is you're making a comic strip page for the man who's going to do your autopsy. It gives him some reading while he's. <laughs> exactly. While he's examining. Yes. Um, Howie, thank you for coming in here. We have so much in common. I thought we had a lot in common. Um, I think apparently we, we don't. You have a guy named Rich whose job is just to blast into Zoom. He in. actually <laughs> zooms in. Can I have a question? When you're having a sort of a passionate interlude with your wife, does he suddenly show up <laughs> and go, Howie, uh, Howie, what's going on? How, what's, up, what's up? Does he just show up out of, out of nowhere at the worst moment? Yeah, when I'm going to boom, he's got a Zoom. <laughs> All right, we're not going to have, if, listen, I'm against She any- likes it. I like a menage a trois, but as a, uh, you know, a germaphobe, I like the third person to be on Zoom. Yeah, or wearing a hazmat suit. But let's start with this, because as I said, we're all experiencing the worst pandemic anybody's seen in a century. And for years, I would interview you on my various late night shows. I think I had 35 different late night shows. Yeah, I did all of them. But now it's fascinating to me. This is like the last time I saw you. It's like the last time I saw you was, oh no, not the last time. Uh, Two nights, two times ago, it was your show on TBS, but big audience and a band and everything. And then you said, I'm reconfiguring. And then, well, I came back and it was just not real band, no band, uh, two seats in front of the audience. Yep. And now- we're kind of uh, the third time. This I is going to class. get smaller and smaller. So I, I would imagine, and I'll, I'll get booked for your picnic. Are you going to? Are we going to have? Are you going to just lay out a blanket and we'll have I, a share a sandwich? I'm going to see how small I can get this uh, before I absolutely just disappear. So it's going to be me um, in a phone booth, and you're just going to join me, and we're going to share a glass of wine, and it won't even be recorded. That's going to be my next show. It's called Waste of Time with Conan O'Brien. <laughs> So, but I do have to ask you this. For years, you were the guy, you know, whenever you'd come on the show, I'd be reminded by the segment producer, Frank Smiley, he'd say, remember Howie, you know, don't shake his hand, don't hug him, you fist bump him. And I'll admit, we all thought, what's Howie's deal? What is Howie's deal? Now, you've been proven right. Do you feel some sense of sick satisfaction that all this time, you were right and we were wrong. You know, I, I've made jokes and the word Howie in Latin means told you, but, but I, I uh, in all honesty, uh, no. 
No, there's right. no there's no comfort in uh, right, in, right, right. Of course. The, and and the truth of the matter is this. And people say to me often, like, now are you? This might make you feel more comfortable because everybody's wearing masks or concerned about spreading germ. And and honestly, you know, with OCD, uh, there was something comforting comforting of breaking out of a spell or being in the midst of a, an OCD or, or, you know, my, uh, mysophobia and having people saying, Howie, don't worry, don't worry. You'll be fine. Right. Nobody is sick here. Nobody, there's nobody to say that now. So yeah. that, you know, I know there's a saying that says misery enjoys company. I wish that nobody else was in this misery with me, but yeah. now with the world in the, I feel like I'm in this nightmare that I can't wake up out of. So all kidding aside, I mean, that's not uh, funny or anything, no, but I'm, it does, that's the thing about this podcast is not only does it not have to be funny. I'm it, incredibly medicated now. Uh, <laughs> I am, as we speak. Are you really? Yeah. What are you on? Can you uh, talk about I, it? I don't because um, I'm not a doctor, but I'm doing fine. And I don't want, and a lot of other people uh, suffer from anxiety and uh, depression and uh, OCD. And and they, uh, I think that you, they got to do whatever they do and they shouldn't right. listen to me. Right. So you don't want to say the actual medications for fear that someone might think I got to be on that. Yeah. I think that you got, if you have an issue, then go talk to somebody and it doesn't even have to be a doctor. Go talk to your friend, go talk, to, just talk about it and remove the stigma and find out what, you know, what your coping skill is. So I have a lot of uh, coping skills, but one being medication. And the other one is I can't sleep without my gummies and my- Oh, let's get into this. Okay. Do you take gummies to go to sleep? I do. Uh, Sona, I think you should jump in here because yes. my assistant Sona now, she's been um, on the wagon for a while because she uh, just gave birth to twins. So the oh, whole time she was Thank carrying you. the twins. And uh, Do she, you know if they're boys or girls or is it going to be a surprise? It's, <laughs> they're boys. They're two boys. Oh, yeah. you had a, a She's a had gender. them already. They're, they're, no, I know. But some people hold off because of the pandemic on the gender reveal party till like when it's safe to have a gender <laughs> reveal party. Yeah, she hasn't looked uh, at Don't their look. crotches yet since they were born. <laughs> no, She's going right. to wait to find out. Yeah, no, we have no idea yet. Uh, no, they're two beautiful boys. Mm -hmm. And? And why is she? Why should she be involved she in my be, gummies? She should be I jumping in because um, I'm a so, big gummy fan. I'm are you sorry. not allowed to after birth? You're not allowed well, to take gummy. I'm, I'm breastfeeding, so right. I, I'm telling you, your kids will sleep through the night. It is uh, amazing. Uh, okay, so you're not gonna. To be responsible, you don't want to reveal the name of your medication, but you're telling all uh, women who are pregnant or just given birth have some gummies because uh, it'll chill the kid out when they have that sweet, sweet gummy milk. Is that what you're saying? That's what I, I'm, I'm really um, responsible. I'm a responsible broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that weed is anything. I didn't say that I wouldn't. Uh, the reason I'm not telling people my medication is because what works for me may not work for anybody else. And I'm telling you that I don't understand the difference between my medication and weed. I do. Weed doesn't feel like my medic. I feel like I'm being organic. I know. I weed is that. like the kale of prescription drugs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't yeah. you think so? The only difference being that no one likes kale and everyone seems to like weed. Yeah. Do, you I, not, do you do the gummies? I do, do you not, smoke? No, no. I don't smoke. Uh, you know, one of my last uh, late night shows, before we wrap that up, I was handed by Seth Rogen uh, a joint and I decided to just smoke it on the air because I thought, screw it, who cares at this point? And it turned out it wasn't a big problem. It would have been a huge problem in the 90s or early 2000s, but this was a different era. And so uh, actually put the wrong end in my mouth accidentally. People thought I was being funny 
but I honestly don't smoke pot. I've never really done any drugs. And the times that I've tried pot, it doesn't really do anything for me. It just, yeah. What's I, my, what do you think my issue is as, as a real pothead, Sona? Okay. Diagnose me. Why do I not? What do you mean? How much, what happens when you smoke? Nothing. It, nothing. Well, maybe it. because it's not lit and it's in your mouth backwards, but the, but. <laughs> it, oh, maybe that's it. I think it's because you're big. What? Then you didn't tall. smoke enough. Are you inhaling it? Yeah, I inhaled. Oh, yeah, I inhaled. And over so the years- So you're saying I've, it does nothing. It does it something. Just, I just didn't feel it. I don't, it's, it's something I enjoyed. I think I'm, I might be too, what would you call me? Wound up yes. too tight. I think that you, yeah. I think that also you'll take like one, he'll take maybe one and then he'll be like, oh, I don't want to get addicted to marijuana. So you didn't, you, you have <laughs> never gotten high. That doesn't mean you haven't, sucked on a joint, you've never gotten high. Yeah. So you don't know, you can't comment on it until you yeah, decide. Yeah, probably not, probably not. Right, that's like saying, you know, I had a sip of alcohol, I never really liked the taste and it does nothing for me. Well, drink the whole glass. Okay. And then another glass. This is good advice. This I'm is really you good how advice. To become an alcoholic or a <laughs> pothead. People, there's so many shows hey, Irish, where they tell you. Hey, how to- Irish guy. Hey, Irish guy. You know what you should do? You should keep drinking and then keep drinking more. And if you feel that you're losing control, that means you're on the right track. Keep going. I got to say that I cannot smoke pot or take gummies in public and because I get incredibly paranoid. I live paranoid anyway of other I know, things. you're paranoid constantly. Right, but apparently, uh, I don't know what the difference is, but late at night where um, I'm not good by myself and I'm not good in the quiet and uh, my, ah. my head is louder than ever and the yeah. voices in my head are, and, and, and you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda of everything that I did that day and concerned about how um, I, I affected somebody else negatively by something I said or something I sent. It's just horrible. So that late at night, I will take enough gummies to knock the shit out of me. And then I wake up in the morning and it's a new day. And during the day, it's kind of easier for me to cope because I'm in the moment, but my head is not a good place to be. Now, have you found, to be honest with you, I think we can relate on a few things. My mind doesn't tend to quiet down. And what I have found is when I'm in front of people and I'm uh, performing, trying to make them laugh, I can get into a rhythm where I'm very, very zen and it's a quieter- well, and we have, we are exactly alike. My most comfortable place on earth is on a stage, in live, in front of a, in front of an it's audience. It's my second most comfortable. I like a bidet is number one. <laughs> <laughs> the feeling of just uh, warm water firing. Shooting up your ass. Yes, that's just the best. And then, so have it's Have you ever bidet. tried to combine the two? You know what, that's, I should do a week. A one bidet show. I'm going to announce a week of stand-up Shows Conan in person on the day. You're right. I know. Sitting. (laughs) Well, I'll start standing, and then I, of course, have to lower my trousers. Oh my god! Audience, huge Uh. applause, standing ovation, and then I sit, and then we start firing. The audience gets to choose the temperature. They'll have little switches at their uh, at this on their seats. I remember the first time I uh, used a bidet. (laughs) <laughs> um, many, many years ago, like 35 years ago, before it, the, uh, everybody had one in, like a lot of people have them in their house, those Kohler toilets or the Toto toilets, yeah. or they used to, now they can adhere the seat to an old toilet yep. and there's a hose that shoots up. I think it was when they built the Mandarin Hotel in, in, on Columbus Circle, mm-hmm. where they invited, uh, there was a show and, and uh, they gave us a room there. It was the first time I saw one of those toilets with the, uh, uh, the control system. Yeah, yeah. Had no idea. 
And I sat down in the toilet and it's at heat and the, the, the seat, you know, I walked in and the, 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 uh, the seat opens up. It's like a, hello, a welcome. <laughs> yes. I've never seen, like it was a, a beckoning toilet. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I sat down and I couldn't believe this, it was warm. It was like they had a heater and there was mm-hmm. a light in the, like a blue light in Sometimes the- Sometimes music is playing. Yeah. Soothing music. I told the uh, the uh, quartet to get out of the room because I wanted to use it. <laughs> but if you would like the music. Anyway, the, the, I'm sitting there. And then it said, and I didn't know what it meant. So it said wash, you know? Right. And I didn't see that there were settings for, uh, it said front and back wash. Yeah. And I did not, because I'd never seen any of these toilets before. So I just hit wash. Well, I had hit front wash, but I don't know what that was. But it was like, um, do you ever been to a boxing gym? Like the speed bag. And I started, and then I didn't, I got, I started screaming and I was afraid to get up. I got up, I stood up and the water shot across the whole bathroom. So I sat back down and-, and So and, your testicles are being ra- just rapid fire, rapid like lasers fire. hitting them. Oh my, they, and they, they-, they uh, they they stung, they moved like a butterfly, but it stung like a bee. Yes, <laughs> yes. Anyway, it's so, but, and, and I remember calling, my wife was in New York with me and I'm going, Terry, Terry. And she comes in the room like something and what's happening? And, and she goes, of what's course, happening? water's and, firing around. No, the room. I was sitting down oh, you and I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know. She goes, what's happening? I go, I don't even know how to describe this, but help me stop it. Press one of these buttons. And then she hit the button that changed the pulsation. It was just not the... You know, then it was boom, 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 boom. It was like that. And she's laughing and there's water. And I stood up and then the water came out from between my legs and shot all over her. It was like she was just soaked. And then um, we finally figured out it was the rear cleanse that I needed. And then we we pressed off and that was that was it. But and then I I got I went and bought one. You know, I, I I don't have one of those. You don't have one? I don't have one. Um, and I don't know why everybody should, everybody should have one. I do not have one. Uh, and uh, I, but I did go with uh, one of the people on my staff, Mr. Jordan Schlansky. We were in Tokyo and we shot a remote where we went to the Toto factory. Oh my gosh. And we talked to the engineers and the technicians and they just keep improving it every year. Oh, it's amazing. And- I think we're about five years away from a Toto bidet that will come find you. It'll come to you. <laughs> it'll know. It'll see you eat a burrito and it will know to wait about four hours oh and then God. it will come find you. <laughs> That's and better go, than that. now, now. And you'll have to sit on it. And it, But wherever you are, a toilet that comes to you, that's the future. Do you know that I am a spokesperson for American Standard? What is that true? <laughs> that is that can't, that can't be true. It is. What are they? What is American Standard? You, you have the, a whole staff. Nobody looked up that. But anyway, so they hired me to represent because it's a self-cleaning, hands-free cleaning toilet, and they invited me and flew me to the American Standard headquarters, and I talked to all the toilet engineers and various people and showed me the the newest and latest and greatest. And then I my job, they hired me and paid me handsomely for, is I stood in uh, Home Depots and Lowe's in the toilet section and did signings. That's incredible. Sitting on a toilet <laughs> okay. as people would come up to me and have me sign. And that's what my... 
career. That's why I feel like even being on this podcast is nine rungs up from what I've been doing. Well, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Uh, that this po- being on this podcast is better than being at a toilet signing. <laughs> Slightly. Howie, this is my question. Uh, do you have those moments? I have these all the time in the in show business where I leave my body and look at what's happening and go, how did this, how can this be? How did I get to this place? Um, and Every I would imagine being- moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would imagine, you know, being at a toilet signing is one, but many times in my career, I've been doing something silly. I was shooting something with Mr. T and we were driving <laughs> in a convertible Rolls Royce and I fell asleep. Uh, when I woke up, the camera truck had lagged behind. So I was just driving through- uh, this beautiful fall foliage in a convertible. And I looked over and Mr. T with the mohawk and everything is quietly driving the car and it's just the two of us. And I thought, <laughs> I went to school, I studied, What's ha- how did this happen? And I-, I think when we're in this very strange business, I think the one way to stay sane is to constantly be stepping outside your body and saying, look at me. I'm, I'm at a toilet convention and I'm doing, I'm signing autographs. Every waking moment of what I do, I can't believe I do. And that started, I've told this story before, but even with my career, you know, this is not something I pursued. And this is not something I- You didn't pursue the toilet uh, thing. No, I meant comedy, <laughs> oh, comedy. Tel- oh. television, <laughs> yeah. uh, acting, nothing is anything that I ever pursued, uh, ever dreamed of, ever studied, ever went out for in the- In the, in the traditional sense, yeah. No, in in any sense. Oh. So I went in the seventies, in the in the mid to late late seventies. So somebody said they opened up a, a comedy club. Do you want to go? And I'd never been to a comedy club in Toronto. They opened up. We had Second City. I'd seen that. Right, that was right. like. Uh, you know, sketches and things like that. Mm -hmm. But so I went to Yuck Yucks one night and Mark Breslin, who is the owner and he was the MC of the, uh, the club uh, said that, you know, we are after midnight where amateurs can get on, on midnight. If you think you can do this or want to do this or want to try this, do it. And somebody at my table went, you should go up Howie. I went, okay. And they signed me up. And that was the moment that terror and I don't have any other word to describe it, but I, I got terrified, like embarrassingly terrified, like, okay, fuck. I mean, I, I, have, I don't have a fucking word. I don't have anything to say. Yeah. Who, this, this is not a joke. Now I'm just being humiliated like every bad dream where you walk into a party in your underpants <laughs> and everybody's staring at you. And, and the adrenaline of that fear surged through me and I started thinking. And I'm thinking like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta, oh, oh, and, and, and what came out naturally, if you look at my old YouTube videos, what came out, I started going, okay, okay, all right, all right. All right, okay, all right. And people, like she's doing, yeah. giggled. And I started going, what, what? No, tell me, what? what okay, here's it. And I had nothing, nothing but sheer fear of, okay, what, what, what? And I put my hands in my pocket because I was nervous. And we, we talked about this at the beginning, but I had OCD. I always carry rubber gloves because if I was out in public, I, I didn't want to touch anything. Oh, I the, didn't know that. I knew that you had famous for the rubber glove, inflating the rubber glove and doing well, stuff so with it. But, I, but I, thought, I didn't know that came from your OCD. I honestly didn't. No, I, so so I had the rubber glove in my, because I- Oh my it, God. It, I'd have to go, and I had a rubber glove and I'm standing there with the rubber glove and I go, look what I got. <laughs> I had nothing. And I'm holding up the rubber glove. And then for no reason, just fear, I started pulling it over my head. And I pulled it down <laughs> below my nose. And when I was breathing, the 
fingers were going up and down and I could hear the roar of the audience. So I, I continued to blow it with my nose and then it exploded and popped off. The whole audience just roared with applause and I went, good night, <laughs> and I ran off. Oh my God. Thinking I'll never see him again. Mark Breslin stopped me in the hallway and he goes, that was amazing. Can you come back tomorrow? And I go, for what? <laughs> he goes, to do another set. I said, what is a set? What am I doing? Yeah. He goes, do what you did. I go, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> I didn't do anything. So I started just showing up two, three times a week to Yuck Yucks with nothing. And that was my thing. So no, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching, you can go hiking in Yosemite, and then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want, they got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security systems from virtually anywhere. Google Nest cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. You can know that there's a package out there. I know. And not a person. You don't have to do anything. Helps. Yeah, sometimes a person rings the doorbell and I think it's a package. Anyway, <laughs> and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you can get 30 days of event video history, even smarter notifications like when a familiar or unfamiliar face is seen. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just a tap. I'm always setting off alarms accidentally. This is helpful for me. Oh, good. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, you got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC. On the way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone <laughs> cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. Yeah. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it 
it's less filling, Miller Lite, or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, all right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. We have certain things in common and what I, but what I do is I, I do prepare and I like to really prepare. And then my favorite thing to do is prepare, but then throw the plan out the window. If I get out there and something, I see something better. So you know you have a safety net. Yes. What I love, I cannot wait to be taken off of that path. Right, right. And not feel good about that path. That feeling, my, my analogy has always been to, I love thrill rides. Do you like rides? Uh, no, I don't. I don't love rides. I do. Yeah. Uh, thrill rides. I don't love, you know, just sitting. I, I love roller coaster. Like it, the higher that you can shoot me and the, the more death defying that drop feels and the, the, the quicker my stomach goes into my throat. That's another moment where it's nothing but that moment. And that adrenaline makes you feel alive. I cannot, I can only think during those moments when I've been on those rides that, the maintenance isn't great. <laughs> this is a this isn't a great amusement park, and the guy who's in charge of the maintenance isn't the best. And maybe they sort of fudge their certificate when the safety guy came by. That's all I can think about. But that's a pre thought, and that's oh. a you see. The point is, I promise you that as you reach the top, the 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 uh, the the apex of the, and you're about to drop. Mm-hmm. It's just about, a, the only thought you're going to have- There's no time to think anymore. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I'm going to die. Yeah. You're yeah. you're putting too much into it. Like, uh, I'm going to die because the guy didn't put the- nut Well, I'm on a blamer. <laughs> I'm, a begr- I'm an Irish begrudger. So I'll be, I will, in that moment, I'll be thinking of that prick <laughs> that didn't really do the maintenance he should have done. Isn't that true, Sona? I'm someone yes. who'll be thinking about that guy. He knew to tighten those bolts. But he thought, eh. I leave that to my wife to speak about during the eulogy. <laughs> She'll so go after that guy. That, this was not Howard's fault. <laughs> this was, but but the thing is that as they as I'm dropping and screaming and then landing and ending safely as I get off the ride and your adrenaline right. is all and you just want to go on again and it's exciting. It's a lot. Every other thought just goes away. And anytime anything goes away and I could focus on one, like just a thrill and I get that same thrill from stage. So that is my, it's, I just need to be thrilled. You know, we do live in this era of, at an early age, um, and you'll go through this, Sona, with your kids where no matter what, who your kids are, there'll be people that are saying like, well, you know, they seem to have a little bit of anxiety about this or they seem to be, they are a little hyper on the playground. And so you could take this medication and I'm all in favor of medication, uh, but there's also the flip side of it, which is a, so many people have done interesting things because they were saddled with something. You were clearly saddled with so something. So here's my, my feeling on that is I do, I do believe that there is an issue of people uh, just 
over-medicating and medicating mm-hmm. and probably too young. My, my problems that I'm um, medicated for is, without the medication stop my life. I would have, if I'm not medicated, I, I swear to you, I would not be here today. Right. And I would be at home checking the door. And I would be checking the door all night until my hand was bleeding. And what do you mean checking the door? You know, uh, I, I've, making I've, sure that it's locked. Yeah. So I would, I, you know, I'd leave the house and, and make, and, and I think like everybody else, cause people always say I have a little OCD. You don't have a little OCD. You either have OCD or you don't have OCD. Right. Obsessive compulsive disorder in its purity is the intrusion of thoughts. And even if these thoughts make no sense, I have, I'm intelligent enough to know that I'm not making any sense. I'm right. intelligent enough to know that if I shake your hand, I'm not going to die. But if I'm triggered into my OCD, so I go and check the door, it's locked. I get back in the car. Then I think, oh, I probably didn't check it well enough. I probably, so I go back out and I check it again. Then I get back in the car and I go, you know what? I probably checked it twice. I bet you I loosened it. I bet you I loosened it. Yes. Let me check. Yeah, I yeah. go back in the car and do that. Yeah. Then I get back in the car and I go, I got to check it again. But I know that's ridiculous. I've checked it four times. So I go back out of the car, I check it and I punch it with my fist. So my fist is bleeding. So I could feel that pain. So that maybe that pain will send the message, how you've checked it enough. But now I think because I punched it, I've probably broken it and loosened it. And I go back and I'm stuck there. It sounds ridiculous for hours. And I will phone and make an excuse why I can't make the meeting. And my life cannot go on like this. And it it, it kind of uh, damages no, no, you definitely every, You definitely needed medication. I mean, that was- I definitely needed, my know. wife gave me an ultimatum. I, I, I wasn't even going to get help. My wife said, you know, she's going to leave and take the kids if I don't go get help. At least And you something. said, you can go, but just please lock the door when you go. That's all I, that's all <laughs> and I check ask. It. And then, <laughs> and, check and really it. lock it. Yeah. Just make sure it's locked. So my thing about shaking hands was, if you shake somebody's hands, and you probably shake a lot of hands, and there's meet and greets, if I get triggered by one hand, you know, that's a little bit uh, clammy, clammy or yeah, whatever, yeah. or I saw the guy, you know, how many times have you gone up to a fan who has just sneezed because we're told to cover him out, and then they go, oh, Conan, and they yeah, see yeah. you and they extend their hand. You know, if I get triggered by something like that, I go into the men's room and I scald my hand and I wash it and I soap it and then I dry it. And then I figure I didn't do it long enough. And then I'll go in and I sing happy birthday to myself like 38 times. And then and then I'm, I'm there and until the skin is coming off my hand. And I just don't want to be triggered. It's interesting to me that- I'm having trouble hearing you. Uh, who's that? Who is that? Is that your watch? Yeah. Your watch? Is that mm. Siri? I don't know. I'm having trouble hearing me. Sorry, you could say that again. All right, can you hear me now? Why would that come up? What, did we? Say, did I say something that triggered your Apple Watch to say I'm sorry? Uh, first of all, I love that your Apple Watch is Canadian because it went I'm sorry. That's it, all it does. It just apologizes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. Um, uh, what did that? What would even trigger that? I think it's your friend again trying to. Uh, Rich, is Rich he, is, he's on my. Fu- he's Rich on my watch. is trying to get you through the. It was you, Rich. I have a question for yeah, you, which yeah. is, I've had this thought, which is you are uh, a judge yeah. uh, on America's Got Talent. Right. I've had this thought before, which is, I'd get creamed on one of those shows because people have to come out, and I, I'm not putting myself down. I think I have talent, but I don't think that it would come across in a three-minute Thing, if no one knew who I was, I'm not sure that it would come across in the three minutes that I came You're talking out. Talking about as a stand-up? As a, yeah, as a, or even as, as just any kind of performer. There, I, I see people come out there and they can do these incredible things. And I think, yeah, I would, 
I wouldn't beat any of those people. Those people are- Well, I think it is hard to make a mark in, uh, you know, two minutes. Yes, and and uh, uh, you sound like my wife on our wedding night. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, sorry, Howie, I'm sorry. No, but that's- It's a Delta variant, sorry. <laughs> it's just oh Delta, it's right. just Delta. Pick another um, airline. Uh, so, no, but I, I watch those shows and I see people come out and they can, you know, magic tricks and they can do all this stuff. And I always think, hmm, I know I've got something, but it's something that had to be viewed over 4,000 hours of television over a 30-year period <laughs> and to fully, I don't, does that make sense? Yeah, it's I guess. Yeah, something I, that I, can I think there are could, some people that I think that are, uh, including yourself, that are amazing that I don't know um, how to articulate what is, you know, when you say somebody's funny or they're witty or they're, you know, unique, you know, I think that sometimes it's kind of like a painting. You may have to stare at a painting for a little while yes. to get the sense of what the artist was going for to, or to even understand why this is considered brilliance, you know? But for example, for example- The Mona Lisa. Yes, uh, yes, and I am a Mona Lisa. But you are, have you seen the Mona Lisa? Have you been to the Louvre? Yeah, I have. So wh what did you think when you first walked and saw that plane? I thought that's my career. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, you first look at it and you go, what's the big deal? But then when you right. really look at it, you realize it's the greatest work of art in the history of man. That's what I thought. I also yeah. thought- uh, And you think people think that about your career? Oh, I know they do. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm, that's, Sona tells me, Sona's paid to tell me that every day. What? I have a lot of people no. whose job it is to tell me that uh, once again, I was compared to the Mona Lisa. Oh. Um, I, but you were saying to take you right back to the beginning of this question was on AGT, if you that's have- That's America's Got Talent. Yeah, America's Got Talent. <laughs> Sorry, that's not a, that's not a large, uh, you know, oil concern. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I always I, think I made really big money at AGT. <laughs> I find it really hard for the comedians in the sense that um, part of the structure of the show is as an act you come out and we we really don't know anything about you, so we're really asking. That's not for television. We're not told who's coming out next right, or right. what. So. You know, when people walk out and I go, what's your name? And they tell me their name and uh, how long have you been doing it? You've been doing it. And then you tell a story about, you know, uh, I knew somebody, you know, I had cancer and this is the only thing that got me through. If you tell a story like that, it's kind of easy for somebody to step back. And that's why I wrote this song. And then they sing this song yeah. or to step back and go, you know, me and my sisters, that's why we're tumblers now because right. our parents promoted. When you're a comedian, and you sit there and you've been talking, oh, my, my name is Bob and uh, my parents are very much against this and I didn't do. And, 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 and then Simon goes, the next two minutes are yours. It's really hard after you've been on stage for two or three minutes talking seriously yeah. or that to, to go- To switch into comedy. To switch, hey, everybody, how you doing? You're, you're, like, what, right. that doesn't work. It almost shouldn't work that way. It almost shouldn't go that way. Well, what I say to my friends who get on, I said, the moment, the moment you step out on stage, even if it's not your act, it is your act. So you have to prepare for that moment. You've watched the show so many times, know the kind of questions, even if you have something, a witty answer that's, you know, that, that could be, or prepare Answering for those questions, yes. Answering those questions is a comedic performance. The whole thing is a comedic performance. And make that blend in seamlessly to what you're doing. 
Don't yeah. stop and go because that doesn't work for comedy, number one. Number two, be prepared. Be prepared for if you got buzzed. Do you have a line for that? If you go to a club, this is the guy that started this interview by t- saying, I don't do any preparation. But <laughs> yeah. for those that I do- I know, I was going to say, this is completely flies in the face <laughs> of everything you preached up front. But You're I'm, a liar. But my fear and my uh, that character that I played when I started out would work better on um, a- America's Got Talent yeah. than, than what I do today. Because that fear, when if somebody hit the red buzzer, that would just send me into another stratosphere of fear and craziness and wackiness where you got to prepare for that. I've seen comics hear the buzzer and just stop dead in their tracks. Right, you can't and, do that. And my heart breaks, you know? And I think that comedy, for the most part, People don't understand it. I thought one of the most brilliant things I heard was Jerry Seinfeld at one time during the Aspen Comedy Festival was given an award and talked about as a comedian, you know, he's not used to, as a stand-up comedian, not used to um, receiving awards. We don't receive awards and we're not given the same kind of credibility that that an actor is giving. And, And when you think about it, what does an actor do? An actor doesn't write anything. An actor doesn't do it. An actor is picked up by somebody else, taken to a set where somebody combs your hair, dresses you. Then they take you into a room and they put a piece of tape on the floor and they tell you to walk over to that tape, stop there, and this is what I need you to say. And I, oh, cut, let's say it again, but I want the accent to be stronger or I want you to be sadder. And they do that again. Then they do it from nine different angles. And then they're taking, that guy takes that film into a post-production house for a year and, 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 uh, you know, just fucks with it. And then the film comes out and you go, that guy is brilliant. He is brilliant. And I wonder how he's voting because I want to follow his lead. And th- that's the guy who pretends. Whereas a comedian, like you just said, you're a wordsmith, you write the words, you create the character that you want to present and we all create a character. We're all, we all have different sides. We're different at home and different with our wives than we are here on this show or when you're on. I'm always this person. Oh, my God. That's horrible. I know. But it, it just, it's, this is 24-7. <laughs> yes. This is me all the but time. But I'm saying, and, and we don't get credit for it. You right, know, I, I right. always thought, like, it, it was always interesting to me. And maybe, yeah. bless you. Now I'm freaked. No, no, it's fine. It's not, it would make you feel any better. It's not COVID. <laughs> what is it? It's tuberculosis. Oh. <laughs> um, just relax. Well, what is this mist I'm spraying? I don't know. Go Let me... Labs. Microphone sanitizer. Yeah, there you go. Little microphone okay. sanitizer. What was you it? know, I want to make sure that I mention because we've talked for a very long time, and this has been good, and I find it lovely. And I know that you do this with your daughter, Jacqueline. Yeah. You do- Howie uh, Mandel does stuff. Howie Mandel does stuff. It's a podcast, yes. And, um, and you guys have a podcast, and I would think that you're finding- that this format works nicely for you. Well, the truth of the matter is for my, are you gonna sneeze again? No, I'm just gonna scare you, that's all. Are you <laughs> not holding it? No, 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 I'm not holding it in. It's just that there's Didn't a piece of my like lung missing. Didn't it look like he had a, what, what are you oh. doing? Please, I'm fine, I don't, I don't wanna trigger you. <laughs> Other people see that, right? No, no, no one sees anything. Why do they leave? Because they know that you're going to spread the tea. I've been. <laughs> Uh, yes, to answer is is the answer to your question. I started because I was having trouble coping uh, with COVID. I started calling my daughter Jacqueline every day, and we would sit on the phone for hours just talking. I uh, we would phone, uh, we would join the the line, and I'd uh, call one of my friends, and they would join the line. It was kind of like a party line. We would do uh, prank calls and things like that, just to kind of do something. My my daughter is. Um, as 
neurotic as I am. And actually COVID was really hard. She has two kids and she was locked in the house for a year. Like even if I had to go see my grandkids, I had to go climb a tree and look in the window. Yeah. And that's, that's it, but, but I did, you know, and it was hard. I do that, but it's other people's kids. Oh God. I'm sorry. I think that's really funny. It is. It's very <laughs> funny that I'm a dangerously sick. Uh, no, I think it's funny. Yeah, thank uh, you. There is nothing funnier than pedophiles <laughs> with I a podcast. I, I just think I hit it out of the park there. You did. You know? I know. People I, don't uh, know oh how funny. Man. Anyway, the, the thing is that my wife said, why don't you record this? And I said, for who? She goes, for you. And, yeah, I, and exactly. I just started recording it and having friends of, I'd love you to come on. I don't want to put you on, under... Pressure. I do want to put you under pressure, but do well, you do I, anybody I else's? I, I don't think I know your. Have I met your daughter, Jacqueline? Have I met her? No. Be nice. I'd like to get. I'd like to. She's very funny. Yeah. She's an influencer. She's the mama too. She was a teacher for uh, ten years in the inner city. She's got her master's in urban education, so she taught in South Central and Crenshaw and East LA. And then after her second kid, she kind of retired, you know, to be a mom. And then COVID hit. So now she's a podcaster. Mm, that's fantastic. Podcaster. Like everybody it, else. Well, no, I'm not. But I mean, I'm saying it's, uh, I mean, I'm one to talk. I, I, I showed up very late to this podcast party, but. No, you've been doing this for years, right? How long have you been doing a podcast? Not that long. What, two and a half years? Three, three maybe years? Maybe three years. Maybe three years. Okay. So I've been Pretty doing new. it since April. Oh, so I'm an old timer. Yeah, you are. Three years <laughs> well, of podcasts. There's a lot of podcasting under your belt. Now, you're one of the few. I've, I've gotten done a, a few other people's uh, podcasts. A lot of people do it from their own home. Did you ever consider doing this in your house? I did it in my house during a chunk of COVID, but I like to go to work. I like to leave the house and go to work like a dad in the 1950s. I like to put on a hat and a gray suit and get a, a briefcase mm -hmm. and head out to work. That's how I like think Mr. about work. Yes, <laughs> that's how I think about work. I like to leave and then I like to come home. You know what's great about all those shows in the 50s and 60s? They never really, the first person I was aware, Darren Stevens was the first person I was aware of what his job, he like, he was Yeah, no one, everyone else's job was generic. Yeah, just go to work. Yeah. And I always wondered what they did. And why they had to wear a tie to do what they did. I don't think my kids still know what I do. <laughs> it's a mystery to everybody. But my dad always wore a tie to work. I don't think he needed it. Did your dad wear a tie to yes, science? Yes, but he things? was a tie salesman. Uh, <laughs> but he was a scientist. <laughs> yes. Did he scientist. work for himself or did he work for- uh... He had his own scientist shop. No, he worked at uh, Brigham <laughs> Women's Hospital in, uh, and, uh, in, in Boston. Wow. And uh, worked in microbiology. Still, still does. Still so how dabbles. does he feel about, is, uh, did, did he get the vaccine? Oh God, yeah. Yeah, he's a man of science. I he's, saw that, he's thinking of man of science. I saw the woman of science that was speaking to Congress and said that forks were sticking to her magnetically. Did you see that woman? I did. And she, she claims she's a doctor. Yeah, I know. That was depressing. Anyone can say they're a doctor. Can I've they? often posed as a doctor. Cosby. Oh. Okay, what did you do that for? <laughs> Well, he's an anesthesiologist slash dater. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, my God. I guess I did say I climbed trees and looked at other Keatles kids. So I deserve to go to prison with you. You know, we're going to wrap it up here because we have talked. That's a closer. That, was that a, is a closer. Close on Cosby. That is a closer. There's always, always. room room for whatever. Um, Howie, I've really enjoyed this. I've really enjoyed talking to you and in this way. And I think we got to some really good stuff. And we did. You're a good man. I and think I'm, I, 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 I applaud so you. I applaud you for being uh, so open about things you've struggled with because 
I too, like you, believe that. Uh, so honestly, will you like? Will you now that I've come onto your podcast where you're looking for friends? Will you call me? Like, yes. will, you I'll really will. Me. Yeah, I'll go through Rich. <laughs> I will give you. I'll give you my number right now. Right. Okay. Well, not on the. No, if we say it on the air, then you'll get lots of calls. <laughs> more friends. Yeah, for you too. Yeah. So great. I will get your number and I will call you because I have made friendships through this podcast. It really works. The question is, will you call me back? I don't I think so. I think Rich will call me back no. and say, Howie's a little busy no, right now. We, I will call you back. Here's what's going to happen. You call me, we make a plan, and we'll, I'll attend whatever that plan is. And then throughout the evening or the afternoon or whenever the plan is taking place, Ritz will drop in on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be you and I sitting on a beach in a very romantic location, and a little TV will float by. I bring an iPad wherever Rich will go. <laughs> uh, Howie Mandel, thank you very much for thank being you here. Thank you for having Good me. man. You're a mensch. You're an, a good friend. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Okay. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. (laughs) When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loud speaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah, and we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up, and I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Conan. Oh, hi there, listeners. It's Matt Gorley, your long-lost producer basking away on paternity leave. I'm stopping in just to let you know that we're going to put in a little piece of the Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend live show that went down at the Wiltern Theater in Los Angeles on November 3rd. I was there. Sona was there. It was our first time getting back together. And we've pulled a piece from that live show that isn't included in the full live episode. So go check that out after you've heard this. If you haven't heard it already, it's there in your feed. And this is something special to this episode only. You'll hear it nowhere else. And it is the much-beloved Big Dick History live at the Wiltern Theater. Enjoy. All right, guys, it's time to move into a segment that has really become the showpiece of the Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast. It's time for Big Dick History. In fact, it's time... That is a real waste of black tape right there. (laughs) (laughs) That is an optimistic forecast, if ever I've seen one. That is the worst visit of the 2001 obelisk in all of time. Um, All right. This caught on with fans. It horrifies me. Yeah. Um, But uh, people seem to like it, and we get a lot of response from it. That's right. We're doing a very special edition tonight called Big Dick Natural History. Ah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. This is a quiz. Can I just point out, Sona gets... Very competitive. You yes. both do. Yeah, why are you saying so? You're yeah. the one who tried to cheat on one of these quizzes by Googling while we were doing it. My phone didn't have cell service. That's I was holding good. it out of the table and using it for other purposes. Okay. We're Googling, cheating, okay. big, big history it's, quiz. It's always hard to get this started because I just need you guys to call. Also, I just, okay. I mean, I think it's important to note that I, I am undefeated in the big, dick history quizzes. Yes. So. That is true. We've done this... Several times, and Sona has always won, but I think tonight my fortune will turn. Okay, yeah, it's time for you to come behind. You're the underdog. This All right, is let's exciting. take it easy. Let's yeah. not no reason to do that. You're the, okay. loser. You're the loser here. Yeah. It's right. okay. All right. Now, this is a quiz. It's yeah. seven questions about the dicks of the animal kingdom. Okay. Okay? Remember, I'm going to read the question, and this is multiple choice. You can answer at any time, but once you answer, if you get it wrong, you're locked out and the other person gets a chance to answer. You mm-hmm. buzz in by saying your name. You buzz in by saying your name. Right, because we can't afford buzzers. No. Because <laughs> the ads I read are fake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Okay, are you guys ready? Yep. Yes. Number one. For what reason does a cat's pork sword have barbed keratin spines? For what reason does a cat's pork sword have barbed... No help from the audience, please. Have barbed keratin spines. Number one. Just quiet. Just don't ruin Big Dick history. Please. Don't sully the name Big Dick history. This is hallowed ground. Number one, to stay connected to its mate during sex. Mm -hmm. Be quiet or you will be forcefully ejected. (laughs) By security guards that aren't here because we didn't pay them. But they will have barbed keratin spines. (laughs) 
Number two, because its disco stick evolved from the same material as its claws. Mm -hmm. Number three, to scrape out sperm previously deposited from other tomcats. Or number four, because it also uses it as a weapon or showpiece. Conan three. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, let's speed this up. We got to go. You got seven of these? Yeah. Come on, we got to go. Okay, number two. In what strange way does the hermaphroditic flatworm engage in hermaphroditic flatworm sex? Uh. Number one, they do a bewitching type of sausage flashing dance. Number two, they face off in a penis fencing battle. Okay. Number three, they do a sort of flatworm 69, which is really just more of an 11. Number four, they literally do a dick measuring contest by lining up their little flatworm flatworms next to each other. Sona. Yes. Two. That is correct. Ah! Penis fencing battle. Oh, we got a squeaker. Oh, boy. Okay. Number three, a duck's fuck is shaped like, number one. I went to college. I have a master's degree. What? You're fired. (laughs) That's just embarrassing. I know. Okay, go ahead. Number one, a fork. Number two, a spoon. Number three, a spork. Number four, a corkscrew. Conan two. Conan answered first, but that's incorrect. Now! Sona, your remaining answers are a fork, a spork, or a corkscrew. I'm going to say a fork. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It's a corkscrew. No help from the audience! We have no control over the crowd. Don't worry about it. Okay, it's still tied. Conan and Sona each have one point. Okay. All right. This is it. Do you need help? (laughs) Number four. Relative to its size, which member of the animal kingdom has the biggest member in the animal kingdom? Oh, I see. Got it. Relative to its size. Oh, Oh, okay. okay. Number one, the elephant. Number two, the tick. Number three, the horse. Number four, the barnacle. Sona. Sona. Barnacle. That's correct. Hey! Wow. How did you know? I did it. I, wow. I guess. She okay. knows about this stuff. <laughs> so mad you're losing. I'm cool. You're so upset. <laughs> Number five. For what evolutionary reason do snakes have a Y-shaped hemipenis? Number one, so they can alternate halves from sex act to sex act. Number two, to deceive its mate into believing there are two snakes present. Number three, to match their forked tongue because female snakes find consistency attractive. And number four, because why not? Conan four. No. What? (laughs) I just wanted to give a funny answer. Okay, Sona, it's over to you. Uh, the two. No, I'm sorry. It's oh. so they can alternate halves from sex acts to sex act. Um, okay, wow. so what this means, Sona, if you answer one more, you win. Okay. Conan, you can still I want you this can so still bad. win, too. You okay. just need to get the remaining two. I'm going to win. Uh-huh. Okay, number six. This is all the charm and thrill of doing my taxes. Thank you. <laughs> oh, now you're getting upset because you're losing. That's okay. Classic. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> number six. 
The echidna, a small egg-laying mammal, has how many head on its yogurt slinger? <laughs> how many heads on its yogurt slinger? Number one, one. Number two, two. Number three, three. Number four, four. Uh, Sona. Sona. Two? Incorrect. Shit. I'm going to go with four. That's correct. Oh, my God. Wow, this couldn't, have, this couldn't have worked out better. We got one question left. It's all tied up. Who does the crowd want to win? Me? Conan? Or? <laughs> I love that. Because uh, okay. I want it so bad. Yeah. Okay, just so we get equal representation here, number seven, how many vaginas does a kangaroo have? Oh. Number one, one. Number two, two. Number three, three. Number four, it changes depending on the lunar cycle. Me, Sona. Sona. I'm going to say two vaginas. That's incorrect. Come on. The correct answer is it changes with the lunar cycle. That's incorrect. Ah, yes. But who would make up that answer? It's insanity. Did, did you did. make that well, up? I had to make up all the other fake Why answers. would I think a vagina could form because the moon was out? <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> what made me think? <laughs> I don't know. What made me think? <laughs> what do you know about sex? <laughs> I, can't, I can't breathe. Oh my God, this explains you so many the, things. You got it. Like I used a, to get terrified at a quarter moon. I remember that. Oh you my thought a God. vagina came and then just went Yeah, away? I thought it would form and then go away. It's like a where werewolf. Did, where did it go? I don't know what it had things to do. All right. Uh, wow, I'm not sure quite how to handle to this. Do. There are two unanswered options, and we've got to decide this question. Yeah. Oh, do we have to? Can't we just be a tie? You want it to be a draw? Don't we want it to be a draw at the end of the day? No, I want to win. All right, one more. I, I don't have any more questions. That's the problem. Oh, how about this? Who's the host? Yay, I won! Well, no one's answered it. All right. There's going to be two answers to this. We're going to do it again. How many vaginas does a kangaroo have? One or three? Sona. Sona. One. Sorry, Conan. Come on! Say it. I win! Well, you have to answer it. How many? Three! That's right. Conan has won. Big dick natural Now, does the pouch count as a vagina? No, that's, that's a disgusting. Pouch. I know, I was going to say. I'm getting something in my ear from the feed that I'm hearing that because of big dick history, we've actually won an award. That's right. This is incredible. I just won a prestigious Peabody Award for big dick history. That's incredible. This is the most prestigious award you can win wow. in television or radio. And it was clearly made about an hour ago. <laughs> that looks like Nick Offerman on it. <laughs> oh, well. All right. Congratulations. Thank you very much. What do you plan to do with your fame and your newfound title? Well, you know, I'm just really excited that I defeated Sona at something that meant so much to her uh, and proved once again that I'm the king of the castle. I hate this so much. Yeah, I know you do. I really hate this. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. 
Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in. Like, you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com.